Hello friends welcome to SASTAC. We have a great show for you this evening. Good. Evening. Like Alfred Hitchcock. Anyway the show is good and you're gonna just love it. The silences are a little much at first but I bet you get into it quick. Dave's sauce corner is off this week but he'll be whipping up something good in the future no doubt. Until then, please go to your kitchen and make your own sauce from scratch and eat it and then send Johnny a voice memo describing it. Maybe Dave will hear it and use it on a future Dave's Sauce Corner. Probably not though. Dave has taste. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. We've got another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk for you today. We're so happy to have you here. And when I say... We, I'm generally just lying because there's only one person on the line. They're on my end of the line. It's me. This is a solo episode. We haven't done a solo episode in some time. Sharp-eared listeners will recall that this was once primarily a solo podcast that uh, consisted of me talking about fantasy football. Uh, things have changed. We don't talk about fantasy football, and uh, usually we talk to someone else, and we certainly don't refer to ourselves as, as we, but that's okay. Uh, I've had a bunch of interesting segments, many of which I don't especially feel require a big response. I don't need somebody telling me whether this is right or wrong. These, these things I believe, I feel them within my heart. We're excited to talk about them. We're going to talk about them today. But uh, solo podcast or not, we do have certain requirements here on the show. So I will open by asking myself the all-important question. Johnny, eat anything good lately? The answer is yes. Uh, I eat something good almost every day. And today was no exception. Today, for dinner, I had a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. You're thinking, Johnny, that's a very basic meal, and that's true. It is a very basic meal, but there's a lot of ways you can class this up. You can make it as fancy or non-fancy as you want it to be. It doesn't have to be the most basic thing. I did make the most basic thing. I guess it's not the most basic. I didn't use Wonder Bread. I didn't use White Bread. I don't like White Bread, even on a grown cheese. That's the only, the only real scenario I could imagine wanting you know, a very basic Wonder Bread shitty thing. But even there, I don't want it. I like uh, better, not be not even better. I don't know if it's any good. I like, but I like whole wheat bread. So I've got some not very complicated whole wheat bread. And I put some butter on it. And I put two craft singles on it. I'm fucking crushed. Um, there's lots of ways to do this. I recently did have, I, I'm, I generally don't eat this many grilled cheeses, but I would estimate that a week and a half ago I had a grilled cheese, and on that day, I put a slice of Munster on there with a slice of, uh, the, the, with a craft single, and I don't know what the word is, but there's that thing you always hear about wherein, uh, American cheese 
isn't really cheese. It's a cheese product, whatever. And it's got those extreme melting elements to it. There's that special salt or whatever it is that makes everything melt so good. As you often hear, like, oh, you know, throw a slice of American cheese in with whatever other cheese and make sure that other cheese overwhelms the American cheese and you won't taste it, but it'll make everything melt like crazy. And that was very much the experience with the Munster. I love a Munster. And then uh, you put that American in there and it just turns into a beautiful yellow-white goo in the middle of your sandwich, just like you want. Everybody, you don't you don't ever want the, the, the grilled cheese sandwich sandwich where the the cheese doesn't properly melt, but if you if you sneak the the one slice of the other in, you, you get what you're looking for. I didn't do that today. Today was just the craft singles uh, because I was concerned about the tomato soup. I didn't know if the Munster would play well with the tomato soup. We're never going to know because I just had uh, standard American cheese. The soup. However, really stretched on, really went a different way. No, I didn't do that at all. Campbell's soup from a can, condensed soup, add can of water, mix it together, make it hot, eat it. I put some oyster crackers in it, and so then I ate a bunch of the soup, and I took all the bites that had oyster crackers, and then I ate my sandwich, and I dipped my sandwich into the soup. I, I don't know what you had for dinner, but I bet it wasn't as good as that. If you did, you had a hell of a good day, hell of a good dinner, too. Good for you. Tomato soup and grilled cheese. Living the high life. Doing a podcast by myself makes me more appreciative of those people who, those uh, Ryan Russillo types who just get on the radio and talk forever. I remember everybody used to make fun of Jim Rome, probably still do. He sucks, so you probably should make fun of him. But his whole thing was the long silences, the long like, now, Steph Curry couldn't play in that game. Can you believe that? He just, he just let us sit there for like 10 minutes. I can't even stand to do it here. Why would he do that? That's what I don't get. So he would talk like that. This format is so inviting to that. I got to stretch this shit out so far. And then I could just sit here and be like, oh, well. Maybe the listener can think for eight seconds while I like get up and go for a really quick walk around the room. Good stuff. Maybe maybe we'll do some more silence eating segments later, but uh, now's not the time. Instead, we've got uh, we've got to move on to our next topic. Now I'm gonna here's a, a not a talking point, but a a point of emphasis for this podcast for me in my head. I don't want to say next topic. Every time. I'm just going to, even if they're not really transitions, I'm going to try to just slide from one thing to the next. And so this, the, me putting it on the show puts the pressure on me to do it. And you as the listener have the pressure to not tell me if I fuck it up. I can't, I already called out that this is the next segment though, so we can do this one time. I'm drinking a lot of tea lately. Y'all drinking any tea? Love to drink tea. Always, always been a fan of tea. I would say my previous tea high point before the present was during law school. I definitely had a time during law school where I got really into it. Where I would get up in the morning and like start the tea, jump in the shower, shower really fast, get back out, take the tea off the thing. I mean, really, it's just a hot water kettle, and then pour it. 
put the bags in, turn the lid on, and the, the, the little things would step out. And I would steep it for way too long because it would always end up just being like in the car. It would just get to steep the whole time because I didn't have any place to do it. I didn't do a good job with the tea, but I drank a lot of tea. It was good. It was probably good for me. And then I've been like occasionally drinking tea for the last 10 plus years. And I, I mean, I, when I say occasionally, I mean like often, sometimes as often as twice a week and sometimes as often as once every two months and just bouncing around that range. But lately, tea consumption through the roof. Tea consumption five days a week plus sometimes every day. What changed? Johnny, how did everybody talks about how there's, it's impossible to change as a person, yet I am a testament to the fact that that is a lie. We can change. We can be the people that we want to be. Johnny, how did you do it? How did you become a consistent tea consumer? I can tell you the answer to this question, friends. Gina bought me a nice mug for Christmas. A nice mug. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling the silence now that I'm doing it. Maybe the, maybe those kids are right. Uh, but yeah, for Christmas, apropos of nothing, I did not tell Gina, "Hey, I'm trying to get. In, I'm trying to drink tea. Help me drink that tea." Um, she just she's good. At, she's good at gifts. She's, she enjoys giving gifts, and she was thinking about it. She just said, "Oh, Johnny should drink more tea," which is right. But I didn't say it, and she got me. A nice mug, like it's just a pretty blue ceramic mug with a lid, and it's also got like that little metal, super fine filter thing that drops into it that fits perfectly, and so then you can like measure out loose leaf tea according to whatever the bag says, and then you, you measure that out, dump it into the filter thing, pour the hot water over it, let it steep for the right amount of time, and you just take the lid off take the filter guy out, and then you've just got tea right there. I've never really messed with loose leaf tea before this, and now it's the only way. I'll be perfectly honest. I was, I am still a little concerned that I am confused. It's both loose leaf tea and loose leaf paper. Am I fucking one of these up? Is one of these not loose leaf? I've been saying loose leaf for both. I'm concerned one could be wrong. I hope neither is wrong. But uh, the tea is good, and I drink it, and it makes me strong. Uh, so far, I'm still, Gina got me two large containers of loose leaf tea from a very fancy tea store. I'm still working through both of those. Uh, one is a black tea that has uh, almond in it, and it describes itself as a marzipan. Tea doesn't have, like, marzipan in it. Mazapan, and uh, it's it's very good. And then there's there's a green tea that, despite being lower in caffeine, I find very energizing. Boy, is this a good tea! Drink a lot of tea, guys. Don't gotta don't gotta drink coffee all the time. Sometimes you drink tea it makes you feel good. I've been doing that. I live in a 
tall building on a busy street. I don't live at the top of that tall building. I don't live on the busiest street. But I think both of these things are still true. From my, from my uh, relatively low floor of this building, I still have pretty good street noise access, especially when I open the windows. And so I've recently had the occasion to expand on a take I have had for a long time. When I lived in Minnesota, I lived on a not at not nearly as busy a street, but still for my neighborhood a relatively busy street. And I was regularly surprised by how many loud cars there are. And now that I live on a busier street with relatively close access to it if I open my window, there is it is a guarantee. I will hear an outrageously loud car, as far as I can tell, once every 15 minutes. This is a scourge that must be stopped. I say, if your car is too loud, it is time to go to jail. It's Now, I know that we're going to enforce this in an unequal fashion. So I'm, I, I, and, and I know apparently we're not allowed to defund the police. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what we should do. But so since that's off the table, I am willing, but I, and I need this new law making it so that you, if your car is too loud, you go to jail. That's got to happen. Um, but I know the, the fucking cops, what they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, you know, a black man, his car is too loud. But white man, it's cool that your car is on. Fuck that. So I am willing to legalize so many things to counterbalance that. As long as we can get these fucking loud cars off the street. I, I don't, whatever, bring me a list of crimes that you think are kind of bad. Three quarters of them are not as bad as these fucking loud cars. Why is your car got to be so loud? I, I see these cars sometimes. It's never some shitbag car. If it was a dirtbag car, I'd be like, damn, that poor guy can't get his car fixed. It's never that. It is that 1% of the time. 99% of the time, it's a fancy car that they think is cool, and they are wrong. They are merely disturbing me. And what is truly disturbing is the ends I will go to to prevent this from continuing. It has to stop. Legalize heroin. Illegalize the car is too loud. What is it like to listen to this? This is a good format for a show. I feel like this is much more like Jim Rome than I wanted it to be. We'll find out. Good news is nobody listens to the regular ones either. Do the silences feel good to you? They feel good to me. Maybe I just like taking a break. It feels real good when I lean back away from the microphone and just... Let my beautiful takes echo through the podcast sphere. There's a certain type of white Gen Xer that I've had enough with. And I think this is a, a person, unlike, I, I mean, I guess, no, I don't think I need to qualify this at all. Unlike many Gen Xers, this is one I align with on a lot more issues. 
on a lot of issues. I, I didn't phrase that very well. But there's a certain type of Gen Xer that we usually get along, but they have an attribute that I cannot abide. Watch for this. I suspect this will land with no one, but when you start to look for this in the world, you will see it. I have some names, but I want to hold back on throwing them out because I want I want you to find them and come to me. But there's a certain... And there's not anybody like we know personally. I'm not saying like... And this is why I hate Lee. I don't know. Lee's cool. I like Lee. He doesn't do this either. He is a Gen Xer though. Lee is a Gen Xer who I agree with on many issues, most issues, and, and also we're cool. So he's, he isn't this. Good for Lee. I am sick to death of the white Gen Xer dude who says dope too hard. Who gets too excited to be like, it's so fucking dope. I know what you're doing. I see this all the time. It's often a guy. It's often a scrawny little white guy with a shaved head. That's that's you see that you're really looking for it. You're listening for it. These are people who are so clearly trying to convey that they listened to hip hop in the eighties and, and and not the Beastie Boys, and they gotta keep telling us about how dope things are. And motherfucker, it's the future. We don't need to hear dope so much. And it's not even just the usage. It's the dope. It's it, it's it's drawing it down and hitting it there. Dope. It's so fucking dope. No. Get that shit out of here. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I'm kind of starting to sound like, sound like that guy as I'm getting into it. Maybe I'll do the rest of the podcast like this. I might have peaked on that last part. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, peaked is like vocal quality, like the sound, not like, that wasn't the best segment. The best segment, you know how this works. The best segment's the last one. You guys, the last segment this week is a doozy. No skipping ahead. Well, Johnny, you're off to a flying start. Uh, we're all thrilled with, God, the wheeze just don't ever stop. I think I do the wheeze in a normal episode, and it doesn't make a lot more sense than that, but it makes a little more sense. Johnny, it's time for our next segment. It's okay you said that this time, because this is a big segment. What sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Uh, the sauce this week is marinara sauce from a jar. Marinara sauce is good in every context, and uh, I always love it. I'm never disappointed by it. Now, Gina, as sharp-eared listeners may recall, uh, is Italian, and so she, her name is Gina, and she can uh, make really good marinara sauce. From tomatoes. Now I, that, that that's confounding to me, it's not confounding to her. There is a bit of an issue. I'm not. It's not even an issue. Her mom does refuse to actually like give her a recipe or say how to make it the way she does it because oh my god, the way she doesn't. Back when I ate meat, she would anytime we hung out or even if Gina just went home and came back. 
I would receive a large container of tomato sauce with meatballs in it. And it was, I mean, that's the best food. I don't know if you guys know, but the best food is marinara sauce with meatballs in it. It was incredible. I don't get that anymore because I don't eat meatballs and she's not making me veggie balls. You can fucking count on that, which is reasonable, but I, I make them for myself and they're quite good. And I can't, but I can't make this sauce like that. Gina can do it well, but it doesn't come out exactly the same as that. And that's okay too. But her mom is like, oh, you know, I'll just, I mean, I'm not going to give you a recipe. I'll just show you how to make it the next time you come to visit. And then she goes to visit and then she's just like throwing stuff around in the kitchen and won't slow down or say what she's doing. And all of a sudden the sauce is done and Gina's like, fuck, I can't make that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with that sauce either. But you know what I do know what's going on with? A jar of marinara sauce from the grocery store. It's wonderful. Um, I've experimented some with trying to make my own and it never works. And I will never forget. I may have told this story before on the podcast. And I've certainly told this story before to some of you. But here it is again. Way back when, I used to occasionally make food items off of recipes from the Pioneer Woman. Remember the Pioneer Woman? I think she still exists. Maybe she's still on TV. I don't know. This predated when she was on TV, but uh, was when she was, you know, had a prominent website. And she made a big production out of she's going to show off her marinara sauce, pasta sauce. I don't know what she called it, a recipe, but it's a standard red tomato sauce. She's like, I'm going to show you how I make mine. And it's got a special ingredient in it. And so she, like, she would always post a picture of all the items that were in it. And you'd see all the traditional items for a marinara sauce. And then there's a brown paper bag with a question mark on it at the end. And then she was like, here's all the things. And she made it, and it was like the most basic marinara sauce you've ever seen. It was just fine. I mean, that's what I want. And then she got to the end, and she's like, once you've got everything, all you've used all the ingredients except the paper bag. And then now, and everything's cooking, and it's good on the stove. She's like, now open the paper bag, put the special final ingredient in. And motherfucker, that was a jar of marinara sauce from the grocery store. She's like, I don't know what it is. There's just something about it. You got to have that in there at the end of the day. That makes it better. I make this without it. Sucks shit. She didn't say that. Make this without it. It's not very good. I add this. Ooh. Oh, boy. I, I'm going to have to cut that. I, I said ooh too hard, too close to the microphone. Ooh. Yeah. That's Even that was a lot. Ooh. It's good once you add that jar of marinara sauce to it. And then that was effectively the end of the period of my life when I had any thought that I was going to get good at this. And so sometimes I'll make like, there are recipes where like, oh, this is one of those pasta dishes where you make the sauce in the pan with the pasta. And I'll do that and that's fine. That's good. And then, you know, I'll make a whatever. But at the end of the day, I don't, well, why am I making marinara sauce? I can't do it good. Go to the store. Spend eight or more dollars on a jar of marinara sauce, and it's probably going to be really good. And if it's not really good, memorize that jar and never buy that one again. And then if you just do that a few times, you'll find one that's good, and then that's all you need. I'm not telling this isn't even news. I don't know why I'm giving you instructions because you probably already do this marinara sauce, Hall of Fame sauce.
Hmm. Do I have the clout to start the Sauce Hall of Fame? Did I just start the Sauce Hall of Fame? Sauce Hall of Fame. This may be, we may talk more about the Sauce Hall of Fame in coming weeks. Here's a tip. If you get invited to come on Sauce Talk and I say we're going to induct a, a sauce into the Sauce Hall of Fame, don't fucking tell me about some crazy hot sauce nobody's ever heard of. That's for regular Sauce Talk. I want, better be a good sauce. Hollandaise. It occurs to me, a lot of podcast apps have like silent skippers where they will clean the podcast up a little bit if there's long breaks. Any listener out there who uses a podcast that does that, if you're finding that I keep talking about the extended silences and my deep enthusiasm for them, I apologize. Uh, you have the silence skipper on. I'm doing silences. Text me. I'll help you shut it off. You know a uh, citrus squeezer, like big lever with a hinge in the middle, and it's got a couple little tiny, small, not tiny, small bowls where you can put like half a lemon or half a lime in there, and there's some holes where the, where the juice can squeeze out. Not good enough. That, that invention should not exist. I'm making a cocktail. I need some lemon juice. I need some lime juice, whatever. I cut my citrus in half, put the half in there. At the very least, at the very least, a bunch is squirting out on the floor. And that's what I'm rooting for. Because over half the time, this thing's in there. It's got like its T2 screen where the computer is analyzing everything it sees and describing it. And it's like looking, looking, searching. Oh, we found an eyeball. And it just shoots lime juice into my eyeball. Fuck that. This is so inferior to cutting a lime or lemon into halves or quarters and squeezing it with your hand. When I squeeze it with my hand, it never flies into my eye. No one think anything about what I just said. But you know what I'm getting at. I don't accidentally shoot citric acid in my eye when I use my hand to squeeze the lime or lemon. Why does this other thing exist and why do I still use it? Do you use one of these? Is there a better version of one of these? Is that maybe that thing when I was growing up, you didn't have like the hinge and the lever. You just had a thing you put on the table and you would twist it left and right. And that was like a juicer. Maybe that's better. Should I be using that? I don't know. I think we even had one that strained out seeds. Maybe that was cool. This thing I got now isn't it.
Wild Wild West, the song by Will Smith, is unquestionably the best rap song about Kevin Klein. That's all there is about that one, but I, I, I think that's true. I haven't listened to every rap song. I'm, 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 I guess there's some braggadocio in the presumption that I would know this as a true fact. But God, what is second? Let me know. Tupac's song about the movie Dave sucks. No one likes it. It can't be that. This is this is one for the fellas out there. Just for the fellas. Everybody else, I mean, you can hang out, but fellas, fellas you have a significant other. This is a thing. Maybe you probably know exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I get into it, but I have learned. It's taken me a while to learn. I don't even know if I have learned this. Here's the thing I'm starting to think. Gina hates it. Thinks it is terrible. When I give her tips about how maybe she ought to be doing her makeup. I live, first off, I live in a major metropolitan city. And there's a lot of folks around who have different ideas about how to do their makeup. And I'm always watching. Always learning. I got, I'm got. i learning new things all the time. And then especially notably, especially here of late. Um, the, uh, the students at the... I don't. I was going to say University of Loyola, but I don't think that's correct. I think it, I think it is just Loyola University Chicago. That could that could be wrong. But either way, I live I live right next to there. And in the afternoon slash early evening, when I am finished with my work, I like to go for a nice afternoon walk. And I just go walking around. And sometimes I'm, I some, I frequently go walking around that campus. And now all the kids are back from their winter slumber. And so I'm seeing them on campus again. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, that lady, she did her eyeliner like uh, Egypt lady. You know her name, Cleopatra. How it keeps on going back on the side. And so I'll go on home. I'll be like, hey, Gina, while I was out on the quad, I don't know if it's really called the quad, but there's a, there's a quadrangle over there too. I was out over there walking around, and I saw some. I saw some women. I think maybe you should do their makeup like them. Let me, let me draw you a picture. She doesn't even want to see the picture. She knows before I say a word that this is going to be some bullshit. Fuck that. I got good eyes, good ideas too, and you can have good eyes too if you listen to me. You guys giving your your ladies uh, makeup tips? It's, it's uncommon for me. But I think my ideas are good. And then Gina says things like, I won't look good like that. And then I say, well, just try it and I'll tell you. And I'm going to say she looks good. Doesn't work. I last 
spring moved from Minnesota to Illinois and specifically from Minneapolis to Chicago. I knew there would be lots of differences and I uh, was not especially surprised by many things. And I don't even know if what I'm about to say would constitute a surprise. I guess there's an aspect of it that's a surprise. So when I lived in Minneapolis, um, most of the time I was there, uh, in the place I lived in Minneapolis, maybe not most, maybe a little over half, uh, was the dang pandemic, pandemic, and so we, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to work. I I worked from home, and then the portion prior to that, which was like thinking about it now, over a year and a half, so significant. I uh, that's just the portion I was living in Minneapolis. I uh, had a 40-minute each-way drive to work. Not my favorite, but it was not It was not a difficult drive to work, and I had enough flexibility on days that we had, you know, bad snow or ice. I didn't have to do it, so that wasn't the primary concern, but it was just, it was just a drive, and I didn't like it. And I knew that when I moved to Chicago, uh, for one thing, Gina and I only have one car between us, but also I didn't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't think I wanted to drive around Chicago a lot. And so I was like, a, an important factor in determining where to live will be access to a train and buses. And so we took that into account when we've looked at places and um, we live very close to a red line stop. And so I can very easily, and Gina can do the same, walk over to the red line and go any number of places. There's also buses around and you can do whatever. You know how a public transit system works. Here's the thing I didn't understand. Chicago is one of the few cities in the United States where you can really conceive of getting around a lot, going wherever you want via a train or bus. And in fact, Minneapolis is not that sort of place. There's certain small areas, I suppose, you could live and do whatever, but then you'd be still really restricted. And so it, it, it doesn't have nearly the system they have here. As far as I can tell, people in Chicago do not like their transit system and prefer to drive. And this confounds me. Anytime I find myself in the situation where I have to drive somewhere, I dread it. I don't want to do it. I have to have a very specific reason to go to the place I am going. And I have to have like a plan for I'm going to park and why it's going to be worth it and why this is a good idea. It seems like everybody in Chicago is just like, oh, no, I just, it just, it, it, I just eat shit and drive all the time. Yeah, it, it sucks. I can't park, but anything's better than taking the train or, God forbid, a bus. Anytime I go to a place. And they're like, oh, hey, what's up? How'd you get here? I'm like, oh, I, I took the train down a long ways and then I took the bus over. They're like, oh, I didn't know you had a leprosy. Oh, my God. You took the bus? You know, the thing that sucks is the car. Being in your car is what's bad. If I lived in another town, and, and, and when I have lived in other towns, when I lived in Minneapolis, even when there were places I could have taken the bus to, I frequently drove there anyway. But that's because driving in Minneapolis was great for the most part. Driving a block in Chicago sucks shit. Don't do it. But everybody's just like, oh, I'll just drive over there. And 
it's okay. I'm not criticizing you. I am just confounded by your position on the issue of driving in Chicago. I don't know why everyone isn't fighting like mad to not drive in Chicago, but instead everybody's like, oh, it was was actually not that bad to drive. And I'm the outlier here. I guess I'm the one who's wrong. I don't don't understand. But that does seem to be what it's come to, that I just have to accept that uh, everybody agrees, except for me, that you should drive all the time in this, this big city where, first off, everybody drives like shit. This, I, highway driving, Miami will always be the worst driving I've encountered. But it, just as far as like people driving around on surface streets in Chicago, I can't believe the audacity of these people and the hatred they have for pedestrians. Before you get into the hatred that this city has for uh, bicyclists, I... The, I don't know, are there four streets in town that have a bike lane? And most of them are drawn onto the actual road, onto the regular lane. It's like, drive there, ride your bike there, see what fucking happens, bro. I don't know. Riding a bike here seems very scary to me. Walking is very scary to me. And everybody just loves to hang out with these drivers who drive like shit. They're all over the road. Don't you want to not be on the road? I don't want to be on the road. Bus is better. Bus is better than car. You take the bus. You can take the bus. You should take the bus. You gotta take the bus. This is the biggest segment of the show. And... I hope everybody takes it seriously because I'm taking it seriously. This is important to me. It's an important issue. I think we can all learn something from this. I was curious recently and I was like, I remember we had a big uh, total solar eclipse in in the United States. I don't know, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there, I think. I think it was pre-pandemic, but also it could have been three weeks ago, and I'm just not, my brain isn't good at stuff anymore. I want to say it was something like that. And I remember when that was happening, I remember reading that it's not that long until the U.S. gets another one that's really good. And so I looked into it, and it is, in fact, April 2024. So not this April, but next April. Uh, and, and first off, there is going to be a less good solar eclipse, but it's like the other kind, annular, something like that. And it's not as good. It doesn't get totally dark. It's not as good. Who gives a shit about that? But the And that's coming later this year. But the really good one is going to be April of 2024. And that one's actually going to curve like up through Texas and then through the Midwest and then up into... Um, New York State and and in the Northeast, and including going through Southern Illinois. So this could be this is, this could be a great opportunity for lots of people who listen to this podcast to see a uh, a total solar eclipse, which is one of like the cooler human experiences, at least based on things I have read in my interests. I don't think looking at the eclipse hurts your eyes. It doesn't make any sense. There's no way it's true. 
Now I know you can look at the part of the eclipse where it's totally blocked out when it's the good kind. It ain't enough. They always say if you look at the eclipse, it'll like burn your eyes and all your cones and rods will explode and then you'll be blind. I could see maybe if you stare at like the whole thing and don't blink and you're like especially susceptible, you take some damage. I don't buy that this is actually a big problem. We just went through a global pandemic that saw so many people die and we couldn't figure out to wear masks. We were just like, nope, that's actually off the table. I, I want to get the disease. I don't think the disease is real. I want to die like my grandpa did. Whatever. I don't believe for one second that nobody's looking at these fucking eclipses. Everybody throughout human history at every stage is looking at the eclipse. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. No fucking shit. You look up and you stare at it the whole time. Where are these fucking blind people? Show me a blind person who looked at an eclipse for too long. Maybe if you are really susceptible and you stare at it for a long time, you get a little eye damage. I'm sorry you got a little eye damage. You know what else you got? To look at a fucking eclipse, the coolest thing you've ever seen. There's just no way. These eclipses, this is like so many other things. We're just being overprotective. We're like, oh, it's hard to convey the real message. This is exactly what we did. With the pandemic, it's hard to convey what it really is. So shouldn't we just tell everybody to not do anything? It's hard to tell. We want to tell people not to use the other masks. So shouldn't we just say not to use a mask? And then, whoops, that didn't go very well. Then shouldn't we just say that actually cloth masks are great and the other masks aren't very good? Well, that was wrong too. What if we just told people the truth? Told them to act right. Well, we don't ever do that. We just say, if you look at the eclipse... Your eyes are going to burn out of your head. That is false. Next good solar eclipse in the United States is April 2024. We've covered this. Southern Illinois and many other places. Don't have to be in Southern Illinois. I don't know where I will be. But on that day, I'm going to be in the path of the eclipse. And I'm going to look at it. as a promise. I'm not going to stare at it. And I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit there and hold my eyes open for lengths of time. I'm gonna look. Donald Trump looked. We know this. We saw Donald Trump look at the sun. Looking at the sun for one second doesn't hurt you. I'm gonna look for more than one second. No one can stop me. Not even Gina. Gina said not to do it, but I'm gonna do it. Looking at the eclipse might make you stronger. We're not sure yet. Ladies and gentlemen, we have time for just one final segment. Plugs. I do have two things I would like to plug. Number one, I recently... No... Everybody out there, I'm sure you'll be able to identify with this one. We've all been there. I ran out of mouthwash. And I was like, dang, I need some more mouthwash. I got to get some mouthwash. 
and I went on uh, the internet and I, and perhaps I Googled mouthwash. I don't know how to buy things on the internet. Either way, I found myself on a web page that was offering me options for buying mouthwash. And it was like, I always buy uh, the purple mouthwash. I don't know why. Uh, it's not grape. I wish it was grape. If it were grape, I would enjoy it more. But it's not grape. Um, but I, so I always get the purple one though. The 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 green one I associate with being a little stingy, and the blue one looks like the blue Gatorade, and I'm I don't want that. But the purple one is like ooh the purple one. So I always get the purple one. But then I was looking through, and what did I see but a pink one? And I was like, no, no. And I looked, and sure enough, motherfucking bubblegum flavor. Now, was this mouthwash for kids? Yes. Did I look at the ingredients and see that they were the same as mouthwash for adults? Also, yes. But most importantly, can I confirm that it's the same ingredients in the same amounts? No, not really. Maybe kid mouthwash is watered down. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't use mouthwash marketed to kids maybe you're some kind of brain genius who knows about this stuff and who also doesn't look at eclipses well who fucking cares here's what's up i used the bubblegum mouthwash a whole bottle just about a whole bottle it's not it's not quite gone yet and it was really good for the first half and i was super sick of it by the second half so uh, i have acquired the purple mouthwash again i'm going to return to that but in the meantime, I think this was, this was a good road to go down. I'm very pleased with my experience enjoying the purple mouthwash. Fuck. The bubblegum mouthwash. I loved enjoying the bubblegum mouthwash while I did. I don't think I need to do that again. But I think giving yourself a turn through the bubblegum mouthwash, pretty good idea. Maybe I'll appreciate the purple more when I get back to it. I don't know. So plug number one is bubblegum mouthwash. Plug number two is one of the reasons you might need to use bubblegum mouthwash. And it is Trader Joe's Sesame Honey Cashews. What a beautiful sequence of phrase and then words. Trader Joe's off to a good start, especially in the treat or snack department. And then Sesame here for it, honey. Here for it, cashews. Here for it, fuck. Yes, I love all these things. Um, so these are in like the Trader Joe's has that big section. It, it, it's a tricky section uh, where it's kind of like their equivalent of the, the bulk nuts. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, bulk nuts. Um, but in... Instead of, you can't go get whatever you want. Everything's bagged. And they've got like, oh, unsalted roasted almonds. And Spanish peanuts. And then like salt and pepper, I don't know, cashews. And then things that are just sweet treats. It, it, it's a huge range. There's like like super boring nuts that are just health food that you don't actually want to eat. And then there's also, we made these cashews into candy. Now, my thing is that the, we made these cashews into candy into the spectrum. 
but that's okay. Uh, the, the good thing is they're expensive enough that at least if you're like me, you're not going to buy them every time you go to the store. But when you do buy them, when you do have that run to the Trader Joe's where you want to pick something like this up, it's one of the best things you can get. They do such a good job. They coat these things with the honey, and then they roll them through the sesame seeds. They are always, each cashew, and it's just the full ones. You never get the broken ones in there except at the bottom of the bag. Each cashew is so perfectly covered with sesame seeds. They're like right up against each other. And so the whole thing, it feels just, even if all you could do, if you didn't get to eat it, you just set it on your tongue and felt like, oh, there's all these little sesame seeds on this cashew. Even that would be enjoyable. But great news, friends, you get to eat these if you buy them. Don't eat them in the store. That's rude. But if you get them, they're so good. They're so tasty. I love these things. One of my favorite sweet treats. Trader Joe's Sesame Honey Cashews. How do we think this solo adventure went? I hope it was good. I hope you heard something worth hearing. And perhaps we'll do it again soon. But before we do that, we will definitely do some more episodes with guests. Because uh, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more interesting. It's hard for me to keep my, my wind going through all this. I hope it wasn't too bad. Best wishes in the intervening days.